Katie Faust is a founder and president of Them Before Us. It's a global movement defending children's rights to their mother and father. Uh, She's talking about the actual God-given rights of children, the rights to innocence, the rights to know who their parents are, the rights to be raised by a mother and father. She publishes and speaks and testifies widely on why marriage and family are matters of justice for children. And uh, her articles appeared in Newsweek, in USA Today, and uh, all across the conservative landscape. I found out about Katie from a friend of mine. Turns out she lives in Seattle and she has a brand new book out called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. This is my sister from another mother. You guys are going to love her. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So, Katie, it's been a super long time since uh, I heard about your name, but this is the first time having you on the show. I'm really thrilled. I'm a super fan. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Well, it's mutual, baby. Uh, I started following you, got introduced to you, and I was like, what? Who is this woman? I literally thought I knew all seven conservatives in Washington state, and I was wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> There's another one. Yeah, and I'm not even a, I'm not even a closet conservative. I'm way out of the closet. Yeah. I know. Well, yes, yeah. it's good. And uh, that's the nice thing. Um, it's it, whenever I was, I was just in Boston um, over the weekend and, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're from Seattle. And like, did Boston's not a conservative place. So no like, kidding. Do it? I don't that's not the pot. In Seattle. Yeah. But the amazing <laughs> thing is that when you are living in a rapidly progressive area, what it forces you to do is get very serious, very sharp and very courageous about what you yep. believe. And so yes. I just find that You know, what is taking place in the churches, in the culture, and among parents is really this great sifting, right? This, like, I am going to use the culture to crush you, throw it up, blow away the the chaff, and what is there is these pure kernels of wheat that are going to be able to plant the next generation. So here I am, baby, you and me and all the other ordinary moms and dads, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Somebody is not worried. I know I was in uh, it was in South Carolina recently and I I love to tell this when I'm out speaking on the road because people in the you know they think they're in the Bible belt. I keep saying there is no such thing as the Bible belt. You're going to have to buckle your own belt because the South unbuckled the Bible belt a long time ago. But these people particularly in what they what they they feel safe, right? They they think, "Oh, I'm in a red state." Honey, there is no red state. There are red pockets. There's a red house. There's a red, uh, a, maybe a red community, but there are no red states anymore because the left has been systematically destroying our way of yep. life in this country now for about 75 years. And they're going to continue to do it because they play the long game. But this woman said to me, she goes, you are from, you're outside of Portland, Oregon. I was like, well, yes, I was born in Portland. My husband was born in Seattle. And she goes, oh, you are living at the gates of hell. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but you too are living at the gates of hell. Every single one of us. You're, you know, this time in history, we're watching what's happening in Iran. Watch what's happening in Israel. Look at what Putin is doing now, siding with Hamas this morning. I mean, come on. We're uh, every morning and I wake up. I'm like, what chapter of Revelation are we living in today? But guess what? It doesn't matter because we're here for the fight, right? God yeah. put us here for this time in human history. You're here for such a time as this. That's so this is exactly right. And it's actually I don't want to say it's an exciting time, but you know what? Like the it church is, is going to become the church in me is this is forcing us to become what we always should have been. Yep. And, you know, people will say like, so my kids, I mean, like in this book, our newest book, Raising Conservative Kids in the in a Woke City, we are not advocating for one specific style of schooling. We are arguing for equipping your ch- children you for the battle. Because, like you can do it. And like you said, like 
It does not matter if you are homeschooling in a red state, right? The woke are going to find your kids. They are on a mission to target them, evangelize them and disciple them into the progressive religion. But yep. here's the thing, like our kids have largely gone to public school. My co-author, Stacey Manning, and I have sent our kids to the public school almost exclusively um, while they were growing up. And I will tell you what. What it has done, it, is, has, it has served as a sort of foil for the Christian worldview, yeah. right? They see the contrast of what we are teaching them in terms of instilling Christian and conservative ideals. And then they look at the curriculum and they look at the choices and the fallout that their friends are making from those choices. They look at the mattresses on the side of the freeway, right? Come they on. look at like the, the you know, they, my husband took my youngest, who is now my third my second daughter, who is now driving to Ohio, and they saw the gas prices. And they're like, what? $3 gas? I mean, I know. I was just a Nebraska woman, $2.93. It was $2.93 in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'm like, we're paying paying $5 a gallon. (laughs) But you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Jay Inslee. Thank you. They have all this money, this excess money, right? The state of Washington has got money coming out its ears because it's stealing it from the citizen. They're crushing crushing ordinary people. So that's the thing. It's like, yeah, a tough time to be alive, tough time to raise kids. You will never see a more stark contrast because, you know, in terms of what the life that God has to offer in his way and the death that the culture has to offer. So train your kids. Choose life. Yes, choose life. Train your kids. And it's time to take this nation back, baby. And it's going to be through parenting, not politics. That's right. I just did a podcast a couple weeks ago called The Outsourcing of Parenting. And I keep telling parents, hey, how about we stop outsourcing everything that we do? We we say we, you know, and you and I have a little bit different opinions on this because your kids are in the public school, obviously, and my kids are homeschooled. But you can outsource your parenting even when you're homeschooling. You can right. I mean you can outsource. I'm telling parents, stay engaged in the game. Right. Stay exactly engaged. Right. You can't stop dropping your kids off at church and just going, well, that's done. Mm-hmm. Quit it. Right? You know, this is the walk along the road when you lie down, when you stand up. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, it's so, a requirement. You know, we have conservative women have for a long time been having more children than liberals. And I mean, I bet your audience will recognize like you look at your friends that are solidly progressive and they're having yeah. zero yeah. to two children. Right. It is not a pro child uh, worldview from any perspective. You look at your conservative friends and they're having two to 12 Right. So it's not a problem of making the babies. It is a problem of training and raising the babies. And for too long, we have made the babies and handed them over to the other side to be raised. So that has to end. Right. It is now all about raise the children, train the children, equip the children that you are birthing to become these citizens that can overcome the darkness. Yeah, because the truth is they're getting these messages everywhere. All you got to do is go to the checkout stand at Walmart. And Mm -hmm. the covers of the magazines are like, you know, here, we're going to help you choose your own, choose your pronouns. I heard an interview, Katie, you probably heard this too, but somebody sent me a TikTok interview of a, of a trans, so a man, a dude who wants to be a woman who is begging a woman to do the first uterine transplant so that he can have that uterus inside of him, wait for it, so that he can have the first trans woman abortion. This is a culture of death. It's a culture of well, death. It's the death of freedom. It's the death of morality. It's the death of Christianity. It's the death of God. This is mm-hmm. humanism and multiculturalism. And bam, mm-hmm. we got 2023. Well, and you know, it's, it is culture, but it is, I would say it, 
It's more than that. It is a religious worldview framework. Absolutely. And like yeah. that is why it's so hard to dislodge because you actually are trying, you are taking aim at their sacred objects, right? You are deconstructing their acts of worship. And we talk about that in the book, how they have priests, they have liturgical calendars, they have holy days, right? They have catechisms. I mean, they function as a religion and it's laughable that they say, well, we're secular, we're neutral, and it's you Christians right? That are religious. But here's the amazing thing. Our Christian worldview that is reflected in the conservative principles we outline in the book, they actually best align with the natural world and the reality of economics, biology, and history. Our worldview is not neutral, but it is accurate. And that is what we have to be training our children in is this correct way of viewing reality. Not neutral. How about we stop pretending that things are neutral? Hey, nothing is neutral. Nothing is neutral. How about we stop letting people run on a neutral party like the judges that they run bipartisan? Heck no. Nobody's bipartisan. You're not bipartisan. You're not. You have a worldview. You have a particular point of view. We want to hear it. But I know for a fact, because I watch it here every single day, I mean, having grown up in Portland and watched the city that I love uh, basically being destroyed by this Mm -hmm. religion, which is secular progressivism. That's really what it is. You're absolutely right. right. And if you try to touch it, these people scream like the demons of hell because that's what's behind it. Today's world is different from the world we were raised in as kids. Families are more divided than ever. In many homes, screens are raising the kids more so than the parents. Kids don't spend as much time outside. Family activities are few and far between, and the family unit continues to be broken down brick by brick. Fostering intentional family time, teaching truth and traditional values, cultivating healthy family habits, that is how you leave a family legacy and build a strong family. Brave Book subscriptions include a new book every month, along with corresponding family activities and lessons. Each book teaches a faith-based value, such as the sanctity of life, discernment, or perseverance. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code HEIDI for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Because they're getting all of their identity, all of their community, all of their meaning. I mean, and you actually look at like critical theory. Um, I was just I run the youth ministry at church right now. So I was going through this with the um, with the Sunday school class. You look at the tenets of critical theory and we spell this out in the book as well, because this is really helpful. We really what we tell our kids is we expect you to know more than all of than about all these topics, abortion, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, socialism, you know, the 1619 Project, especially Hello. by the time they get to middle school, we tell our kids, we expect you to be experts on this when you walk into your friend group. You need to know more about this than everybody else. And so we talk about teaching our kids to understand critical theory. What is it, right? Yep. It, it identifies a utopia, then it critiques the systems that are getting in the way of the utopia. And then yes. third, it prescribes activism to overturn the system to so break you can it achieve down. utopia, right? And you can see all of that at work in the progressive worldview. And notice how it is actually a cheap substitute for the Christian worldview that defines an utopia of 
being with God, existing with him forever, you know, having holiness. Yeah. Our critique Ooh. of the system is holiness. a system of sin, come right? On. What are you saying, you know? Katie? Holiness, yeah. come on now. What are you saying? Are you saying we, we have to be different? Are you saying we need to be set apart? Are you saying we, it matters? It matters the things we allow into our, into our eyes and into our ears, all that stuff. Oh is it, it matters. You are telling, so now you're talking about another principle in the book that we talk about. You become what you behold, yes. right? Whatever you're looking at, you're going to become like that. And so if we want our kids to be principled, courageous, clear headed, able to reject the lies, they need to behold us, the adults, their parents being clear minded, convicted, courageous and being able to sort from fact from fiction. So like you have got to be the thing that your child beholds yes. and then you have to direct them to behold all the goodness, truth and beauty when they're in middle school in, in elementary school. And then in middle school, you are going to equip them and train them on all of the distortions so that nobody can capture them. And that's, that's really what we're doing. We are creating and raising children that cannot be captured by the progressive worldview. Well, and I've been saying for a long time, and it sounds like you and I have been saying the same thing, coming at it from a little bit different perspective, mm -hmm. I think, but you can't pass on what you don't possess. And oh, so we're expecting real? this an entire generation of parents who've been outsourcing it. They're like, hey, see you later. I'm going to work. And you just check out. And every mm -hmm. single day, these kids are being indoctrinated. They're being lied to. They're being pulled into this particular worldview, which is demonstrably false, right? We know right. that men right. cannot become women. Katanji Brown Jackson, she knows she yeah. doesn't need to be a biologist. She knows what a woman is. You know right. what Katanji Brown Jackson is? When I told my kids, I said, she knows the truth. That makes her a coward. It's not yes. that she's not a biologist. She's a coward. She yeah. knows what a woman is. And that is yeah. so much of the problem. We are living in a time right now of extreme cowardice, of biblical That's literacy, right. of parents who are lazy and who have decided not to do the hard work of parenting. And I believe that there's going to be a generation of believers now because we're going to be forced to do this, right? That's exactly to really stand right. up and begin mm -hmm. again. I, I'm loving, I'm loving uh, your book. You sent your kids to public school. You and I have differing opinions on this. I was talking to Alex Clark about it because we both went on her show offering different opinions. The other yeah. thing I think about this is we can still be friends. I think it's really important. 100%. There well, are things, like, we why, why are we, why? Yeah. I mean, we'll have really strong opinions, but we can still be friends. Yeah. Well, and I'm not making, Stacey and I don't make recommendations. All of you guys should send your kids to public school. But the reality is 90% of people do. Yes, and, it's true. And a lot of them is, I mean, we have friends in Seattle who they can't afford it. And it's not because they're living lavish lifestyles. They're not, right? Some of them are just in situations where both of them need to work at least part-time. You know, mom needs to work at least part-time. Some of them are involved in really terrible custody um, battles yeah, where mom yeah, would love yeah. to take them out and homeschool them. And dad says, over my dead body, you cannot send right. them to a Happens a lot more than people realize. Yeah, I know. And so what we've done is we've just said, look, regardless of whether you live in a red state or a blue state, regardless of whether you send your kids to public school, private school, or you homeschool them, these are the principles to successfully inculcate your worldview. And if we... Two moms in the most liberal city sending our kids to public school can do it. <laughs> then you can do it if you're in Idaho and you can do it if you're a homeschooler and you can do it if they're in private school. These principles will work, but they are, they don't happen by accident. You have to and be they're very, not very neutral biblical. and it's good to say it's it. Not it's not neutral. Right. We come at things from a biblical worldview. When are we going to start saying education is neutral? Education is not neutral. The very definition of education is that you teach someone a particular point of view. From right. your worldview, every one of these teachers comes with a worldview. 
So when someone right. says to me, well, education is neutral, I'm like, uh, no. And Jesus no. said that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. So that means that if you want your kids to understand the teachings of Jesus, it needs to first come from their parents. And we can't yeah. pass on what we don't possess. You guys have done a phenomenal job uh, in, in this book. And you're talking about woke, which I started talking about. I read uh, Vivek. Uh, uh, Vivek's book a long time ago, mm-hmm. and we and, and then we've we've uh, we've looked at woke Jesus on mm-hmm. the show. It's another Good. super great book, and I had the author of that book on here. He's a, an incredible human being. How do you define woke, Katie? Yeah, uh, for people we, who are listening, they're like, well, t- talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, well, we talk about how you know, like originally it was awakened to like racial prejudice, right? And I'm like, if right. that's all it was, then like you are at home in the conservative worldview because Hello. we are absolutely for dividing the truth accurately. But that's not really what woke is. Everybody knows that's not no. what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the most like distilled uh, definition we came up with is in summary, identifying everything through a group category, identifying everybody primarily by their group identity and then pitting them against one another with every force that you can, right? To us, that really captures what world, what woke means is like, whether you're talking about socioeconomic distinctions, you know, yep. class, race, gender, sexual orientation, you are primarily identified by your group identity, and then you are forced to wage war against one another. Like that's really what woke is. And we also talk about how, how do you know you're in the presence of somebody that is woke? Well, they tend to use the same kind of tactics. They it's tend like to- It's like knowing when you're in the presence of a vegan. They yeah. announce it. That's <laughs> right. you know. what you know. Hi, my, hi, my name's you know so and so, and this is what I don't eat. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with woke. I mean, they announce it, right? They announce it. Yeah. It's the language. It's the terminology. It's all the things. Yeah. Yep. And and one of the ways that you know is it always it does not have to do with engaging your arguments. It always has to do with demonizing you, right? You're a something yes. something phobe, right? You're a something something bigot or whatever it is. Like it's always couched in terms of you personally. And then very very often when they get to the end of their arguments, like if they disagree with you, the ultimate you know like bomb that they throw is, well, you want people to die if you don't support transing the kids. You want people to die if you don't support right, right, right. You want yeah, people yeah. to kill themselves if you don't support the COVID vaccines. You want to kill grandma. I mean, like it's always these extreme, like, um, rhetorical standpoints. And so, you know, when you get in a conversation with somebody that is just like hurling all of these personal assaults, you probably are talking to somebody that ascribes to a, a woke worldview. Yeah, it's true. And it's the, it's really, it's the only thing they have because they can't argue facts. Right. I mean, Jesus said, come, let us reason together. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no reasoning with a woke worldview because they immediately launch into the personal tasks. I saw this absolutely every day of the week and twice on Sunday when I was running for Congress. Mm -hmm. You know, the third congressional district stretches from uh, the outer banks of Skamania County all the way to the Mm -hmm. coast. And everywhere I went, uh, we heard from people and you can just tell as soon as they start talking. Uh, In fact, when I announced my run for Congress, there was a man dressed as a woman. He's probably six foot three, came to my um, my announcement, my congressional run announcement. He shows up and he clearly is a man. I mean, clearly. And also just an ugly woman. It just was not a beautiful right. thing. Anyway, right. he comes up to me and he goes, why Why should I? Uh, he said, what, what are you going to do to support me as a trans woman? And I said, well, first of all, I'm going to defend. I'm going to support and defend your right to defend yourself because I think you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. going to need it. It's kind of important, you know, and he just, you know, and so what I did was I just went back to the constitution because he's sitting there yelling at me mm-hmm. and I just went back to the constitution. Here's what your fundamental rights are. It doesn't change because you have mental illness. Yeah. yeah. But you do have mental illness. 
You do. Yeah. And we're just going to have to be honest about that. You're not a woman. And I don't need to call you a woman. I love what Candace Owen said last week. You know, life's tough, man. Get a helmet. That's right. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, and that's the reality is like, I think that I know that for me, you know, Stacy and I have two very different personalities. She is so much more naturally a truth teller and I am naturally a grace giver. I don't want the confrontation. I don't like losing my friends. It took me a long time to get off the bench. And here you and are doing it. Here you are oh. losing your friends. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I know. Well, and I and it's not from this book, like what I do in my real life. This book is just kind of like a, hey, so many people have asked how we've raised our kids in Seattle. We just decided to write a book about it. But what I usually do, what I normally do, what you're going to see if you Google my name is I am a children's rights activist. And that has to do with confronting almost every adult at some point about the choices they are making to yep. deprioritize what children need so that they can yep. live as they please. So, I mean, like it is, it doesn't come easily to, me, right? But the reality is that like these things need to be confronted because when they are not, they are very, very real victims. And those victims are almost always overpopulated with children. So we're talking about defending our own kids in this book. Well, if that doesn't bang your shutters, I do not know what will. I hope you guys have enjoyed my conversation with Katie Faust. Listen, you can get her book, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City, anywhere that books are available. But if you are a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast, we'll be giving away three copies of that book. And uh, you guys know how to do it. If you haven't figured out how to subscribe, go on over to Spotify and click the subscribe button. And we appreciate that. It's just a really fantastic way for you to support this podcast and help us keep it on the air five days a week. And uh, please, if you are a subscriber to the show, you know how to reach out to me and we will enter your name into a drawing to win one of the copies of her book, Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City. Tomorrow, Katie's going to come back and we're going to take this conversation next level. You guys are going to love it. Remember, you can't pass on what you don't possess. Love your children well, you guys, and I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.